Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. Nixon Katembu, good morning to you. Welcome to the studio. Good Again, morning. I know you're no stranger to the studio. Certainly, and um, I'm always uh, happy to be here with you and uh, uh, sharing with our listeners. Guys, I must tell you, Nixon came all dressed up today. Hey, he's wearing a suit. He's in a bow tie. I think that's how seriously you took our conversation for Africa Unlocked. Eh? You're like, no, to, the the conflict between DRC and Rwanda deserves this maroon bow tie. Well, for the sake of listeners, I'm in front of a very beautiful woman. And every time I come in, I think I come with rags. And uh, <laughs> I needed time to impress her. <laughs> To make sure that when I go to her family, at least I'm considered. Once I have made due consideration. So, indeed, thank you for the compliment and thank for noticing that. Uh, okay, Nixon. Um, you know, this, the, this issue that we're watching unfold between the DRC and Rwanda, where does this tension actually come from? Um, before we get to where they are in terms of Angola seemingly trying to help mediate with this current uh, conflict. Yeah, well, Kathy and the listeners, I think you would recall that uh, since January this year, mm-hmm. there has been uh, repeated incursions uh, by the so-called M23 rebel, uh, whereas the DRC's government accused Rwanda of supporting them, and there have been a trade of accusation uh, between the two countries, Rwanda saying that its territory is being shelled. Uh, but also going an extra length things saying that um, the DRC uh, government is working uh, with uh, um, uh, FDLR in fighting these uh, rebels, uh, M23. So it's a trade of those accusations, but of course they have a long history going from 1996 uh, um, where uh, Rwanda and Uganda supported the rebellion that toppled Mobutu and the subsequent destabilization of the DRC, which culminated into the discussion at the Sun City, uh, including Pretoria, including um, Zambia and Lusaka, uh, leading up to the first democratic election in the DRC. And immediately after those democratic elections, I would recall uh, that uh, uh, the RCD um, uh, of Goma, which was supported by the M23, I mean, uh, the Rwandan government, um, as well as Uganda, on the other hand, and other different factions, such as the MLC of Jean-Pierre Bemba, uh, the RCD Kisangani, which was led by late Professor Diawamba Diawamba, um, uh, all came to, to government, to participate in government. But in, in that particular democratic elections, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the, the, the RCD did not even get 1% of the uh, popular vote in Eastern DRC. So as a result, uh, um, they went again back to war to form the CNDP, uh, making claim, uh, this time supported by Rwanda again, led by Laurent Gunda. Then they signed an agreement on the 23rd of March and September uh, 2009 uh, to say that they are going to reintegrate the the, the CNDP uh, forces into the Congolese National Army, uh, including going in the military with their ranks, but also uh, get a greater share of the uh, um, DRC's uh, um, uh, administration. So uh, this is where uh, the history of the conflict 
come from include so when that also uh, was in, implemented by the DRC government uh, again in 2012 the M23 was formed on a basis that the March uh, uh, 23rd 2009 uh, uh, agreement was not honored but this time the DRC government said no uh, we're going to confront you militarily and uh, uh, the, the the force intervention brigade uh, under Monisco was formed, uh, at which assisted the M23. Uh, I mean, the Congolese National Army to defeat the M23, mm -hmm. who then ran into Uganda and Rwanda. Do you think that the conflict is at a point where it is ripe for some form of mediation and negotiation? Because when you read what is coming out of both the uh, the Congolese government and the Rwandan government, they seem to be very non-committal and in fact nonchalant about uh, the talks that they're supposed to be engaged in and what the possible outcome of those talks might be. I think you couldn't have uh, read it better than I do uh, as a person who has been watching the discussions and uh, the different declarations from different presidents in the region, as particularly Rwandan Pro President Paul Kagame giving an interview with the Rwandan Broadcasting Corporations. You'd see that they are prepared for war. Um, uh, what happened in Luanda is a mere facade, but uh, the truth of the matter is uh, I will see that they are preparing for war. And even the DRC's president also came out clearly in an interview with the Financial Times of London saying that um, uh, wh what he foresee is a full-out uh, blown war between the, the, the DRC and Rwanda. And uh, what is very interesting in the latest development, Cathy, and for the sake of our listeners, that Rwanda have been denying that it is, it is not involved in what is happening in this DRC, rather the DRC is a, um, a problem uh, internal to that country, and therefore it should not be associated. But however, uh, if it security is threatened, they will not retaliate, they will not hesitate to retaliate or even for uh, in get inside the DRC. But I would mentioned that this is not the first time a Rwandan government uh, taking this belligerent posture towards the, uh, the, the the DRC and not only the DRC but also other countries in the Great Lakes region and in East Africa. They recall they have a similar confrontation with Burundi. Uh, there have been a skirmish, diplomatic skirmishes between Rwanda and Uganda uh, and uh, it, the list goes on. But uh, for me as a person who follow keenly uh, uh, with this issue, you would see uh, that Rwanda is determined to go inside the DRC. And that's the bottom line, regardless of how many agreements they have signed, because you would see every time they they sign an agreement, there is always a leeway for the, uh, Paul Kagame's regime to uh, go back and renegade on those uh, agreements. And it becomes now uh, uh, very interesting even to beg a question that mm -hmm. you have been denying that you are not involved in Eastern DRC. Why would you go an extra mile uh, and length to sign an agreement of a ceasefire or the draw of position on behalf of the M23 uh, in Luanda, in this case, uh, under the peace broker uh, um, by Joao Lorenzo, uh, to say that uh, the M23 need to be withdrawn at, uh, uh, and uh, uh, the two countries to form a mixed um, a commission of verification to 
to make sure that they normalize the relations. So if you are not involved, as Rwanda has been claimed, why did they sign these agreements? I, I want to take a closer look at these M23 rebels and what exactly it is that the group has been involved in in the DRC. Now, what are they involved in the DRC? They have one major claim that they are defending a Rwandophone speaking uh, uh, population in that country. Uh, the second, that they are marginalized, they, they need to get uh, also involved in the DRC army, they need to get fall in the DRC political affairs. But if you look at their disabled agreements uh, uh, and the Nairobi Accord, which then gave uh, birth to the ICGLR, which is the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the National Conference on the Great Lakes region, under which... Uh, um, uh, these agreements and the M23 were allowed to form to form a political party, and they be recognized as a political party within Eastern DRC, of which they are. Um, uh, uh, they have not uh, followed uh, or told that line of a diplomatic engagement that they took in Addis Ababa. And one ask yourself why why this repetitive claim, uh, whereas we know for the, um, uh, for the current fact, which mm. is a, a fact of a matter of fact, and they are engaging in the killing of civilians. Um, uh, if you go to Chengerero, places like uh, Ruanguba, places like uh, um, uh, Gongo, I mean, uh, Busanze in, in, uh, and Buhumba uh, in the, the Ruchuri territory. Just last week alone, 46 people were killed by the M23. And this is nothing new for me who have been watching the story of the region because it, there is always a tendency of linking up these two ethnic mobilization. Mm -hmm. And those areas are occupied by mainly Hutu population of Congolese origin. And you'd recall that uh, uh, M23 rebels are mainly Tutsi uh, uh, soldiers uh, uh, issued from the Rwandan Defense Forces actually based on a that has been provided by the United Nations, uh, even Madam Bindu Keita, uh, the special representative of the United Nations, in, my, in, in when, on Wednesday last uh, last week, uh, going to the United Nations Security Council and presenting the facts that actually this M23 rebellion is armed as like a conventional army, uh, and therefore they they pose a serious threat and they need to be rendered as much as possible. And you know that they have mm -hmm. attacked the UN forces in Eastern DRC, including shooting down a Monisco helicopter, of which uh, nine soldiers died in that particular incident, including shooting down the Congolese National Army's uh, uh, helicopters. So uh, basically, M23, in, in, in a way, for me, as a person who then the region is not M23, those are Rwandan special forces who cross from a main camp that is at Bigogwe in 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 Musanze district in mm -hmm. Western Rwanda, and just dressed up with uh, alongside those so-called rebels led by uh, uh, Sultan Makenga, whose headquarters is in a in a in a place called uh, Kavatua. Oh, right. uh, Kavatua is 
is near the Karisimbi uh, National Park inside the Rwanda on the mountain Karisimbi. Nixon, we're going to continue the conversation in a moment. We're taking a look at the escalating tensions between the DRC and Rwanda. And of course, this push, at least internationally, for there to be some level of common ground that these two countries reach before uh, the conflict that is taking place enters a new realm. We'll continue the conversation with Nixon Katembu. It's 11.30. Jineo Mutawung has your headlines. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. We continue the conversation with Nixon Kantembo. You're listening to Africa Unlocked, and we're focusing on the uh, tensions, the escalating tensions between the DRC and Rwanda. Nixon, you know, you, you talked about the fact that the M23, part of why it was said to be established in the first place was um, to protect Rwandan, the, the Rwandan diaspora, that is in the DRC. Rwandophone speaking uh, Congolese. Oh, uh, Rwandophone speaking Congolese. Yes. So, so, so the admission is that these are Congolese citizens. Certainly. That are being protected in in inverted commas there. By Rwanda. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, so, so then, what interests does Rwanda have in the DRC? The interests of Rwanda are well known. Rwanda economically, uh, I, 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 I cannot survive with economically without the much looted resources of the DRC. And they have been doing this since 1996 when they came along with uh, Lauren Kabila. And that is the crux of the matter of what is happening here. You would recall that Rwanda has opened um, one of the biggest gold refinery in Kigali. It has got one of the biggest uh, refinery of Colton in Kigali. And uh, go ask any uh, mining companies where do they have uh, Rwanda, I mean, a, a gold mine uh, in Rwanda. They, w- they will show you none. We'll go and ask where they have a Colton and uh, and uh, and the uh, uh, gold mines. Um, they will have none. Mm-hmm. So that is, uh, those are the economic imperative that they have been uh, actually fighting for. And uh, to that, they have uh, kind of uh, run a PR campaign across the western capitals uh, to say that go come to Rwanda, we, we were economically managing our resources, we're going to get you this. In the meantime, they are signing different comp- uh, uh, contracts with companies to supply those minerals actually coming from the DRC, one of which is the likes of Alpha Min, which have a, com- um, a, a, a mining a concession in the Walikale province, but also have uh, offices in Kigali and here in Johannesburg here, actually here at Rosbank uh, 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 if you go along uh, 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 just after um, uh, I forget the, the name of the road but I know exactly where the offices are here in, in, in Rosbank in the company called Alpha Min so mm. uh, I have these greater details about, about uh, the economic uh, uh, resources being siphoned, uh, minerals being siphoned, siphoned out of the DRC. Are, are, are they Rwanda. siphoned out of the territories that are currently run by the M23 rebels? No, it, it, it siphoned the entire, across the entire DRC. And Rwanda have created a network uh, of, of business people uh, 
uh, including uh, uh, other militia groups that are sponsored through proxies uh, to have uh, uh, to, to extract these mineral resources according to, uh, uh, to through the, 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 the occupied area such as Walikale, Masisi, uh, in a place like Kabambare in the South Kivu and Bukavu, uh, in places like Menembe, uh, in places like Mwenga and Itombo in the South Kivu, uh, and many other places. So they have those business, uh, uh, mm. you know, uh, uh, middlemen who buy and and supply to Rwanda. Uh, and sometimes bigger uh, military officers within Rwanda establishing their own company, so-called companies to have these mineral resources to get into Rwanda. Now, if you are going to uh, bre break relation between the two countries, you are likely to not to to, to, to allow such a, uh, activities to happen uh, in as much as uh, the way it happened when uh, the DRC government closed uh, the border between the two countries. And this is what Rwanda is fighting for because mm -hmm. uh, it cannot survive economically without uh, the much needed resources across the board. But not only that, uh, um, uh, it also have uh, uh, other uh, interest within. It has uh, had uh, many people uh, of uh, who are infiltrated in the Congolese National Army. Uh, uh, the last statistics that were provided were about 1,893 uh, soldiers, high-ranking officials, uh, who work. Uh, um, directly with the regime in Kigali, owing to the fact that you recall in the first war, James Kabarev, who is the presidential advisor to Paul Kagame uh, on matters of security, is the only one in the history of the world to have been the chief of defense in two countries. He was the chief of defense in they signed the DRC and the chief of defense inside the Rwanda. So that tell you how much mm -hmm. the d depth of which Rwanda have a vested interest in terms of the army in the DRC, in terms of the economy in the DRC, and in terms of how uh, administration is run. And oh. anyone who goes against those interests, then the M23 and the ethnic card is using a caveat to actually ignite mm -hmm. uh, conflict so that to, far, to further uh, uh, those interests. And they, they, they always uh, caveat in a line that is used for the line of defense is FDLR. But Rwanda have had um, over than six operations with a joint operation with the, the Congolese National Army under different agreements. The question is, how are they, have they failed to get back those FDLR inside Rwanda? The other aspect, is, though, is that Congolese government have been encouraged to discuss with its own national uh, uh, rebel group, so to speak. Uh, but on the other hand, I would recall the wisdom of former president of Tanzania, uh, Jakaya Murisho Kikwete, who made a similar call to Rwandan President Paul Kagame when he was still uh, the head of the African Union in 2013, and uh, said that if Rwanda need to get peace and if, if Rwanda feel threatened from its neighbor, it should consider actually talking to its own uh, opposition in exile. 
Kagame don't want to hear that. In fact, if you want to speak anything uh, that will attract Kagame's wrath, to, including to, to the killing in the way they did to Patrick Karegea and an attempt on General Kayumba Nyamwasa here in South Africa, then do that. Ask Kagame to speak to the opposition in exile. It's something that drives him mad, actually. So you, you are dealing with the uh, uncompromising leaders who have become in fact, a destabilizing factor in the Great Lakes mm. region and in, at large in East Africa. Oh, on the other side of the break, I want us to talk about this proposed um, East African regional force that uh, will be deployed to the DRC, particularly the eastern region where the conflict is taking place and uh, the responses that uh, the DRC has had to that proposal. We're taking a look at the conflict between the DRC and Rwanda. It's our Africa unlocked segment the talking point with kathy motlatana weekdays 9 a.m till midday of course the region is very worried about these escalating tensions between drc and rwanda and i think that's why you have this proposal for uh, a regional force an east african regional force to be deployed but uh, uh, congo is it's coming up with its own little terms and conditions uh, for this force you know uh, i begin by responding to your question with a, a little uh, analogy of uh, here you have uh, an antelope who is have a problem and you ask the hyenas to come <laughs> and uh, be the judges uh, in the case involving an antelope mm. and that's how i see exactly what is happening around the issue of east africa and the drc uh, simply because of one hand the, the, the entire region would be considered as hyenas Certainly, uh, and I will not consider the entire region in the sense that uh, we have a certain uh, differences uh, in a way that you have to highlight around. Uh, and based on interest, politics in nature, Kathy, is dictated by interest. And how those interests are realized uh, from country to country based on bilateral relations is what dictates how the country is going to react towards one another. We have that here in the Sadiq region, how we relate to Lesotho, how we relate to Eswatini, and how we relate to Zimbabwe, for example, and how we relate to Botswana in the case of, of former President Ian Kam and so on, and, and many other issues. We have that, uh, how we relate to Mozambique as a South Africa. So in the case of the DRC, uh, to just to go straight to the point, you have uh, two countries who have been involved in Eastern DRC since 1996, namely Rwanda and Uganda. You have Kenya, who have been a recipient of uh, much of the resources and businesses coming out of Eastern DRC. And that begs the question, to what interest are, going to, are they going to send their militaries in Eastern DRC? No one is answering that question. Uh, the second aspect, Kathy, is you have uh, uh, the, the, the differences between those countries. Burundi is having some serious issues with Rwanda. Mm. 
uh, uh, Rwanda is having serious issues with Uganda. It is having serious issues uh, with, with uh, Burundi and the DRC. Uh, Kenya, on the other hand, would like to see its businesses because Kenya is the biggest uh, uh, market uh, uh, and, uh, and manufacturing hub in the, in the most industrialized uh, uh, economy in the East African region. It would work for Kenya to have the DRC market unlocked. But the question is where has it been throughout this destabilization uh, uh, mayhem that have happened uh, uh, just with its neighbors, uh, namely Uganda and Rwanda in this case. On the other hand, you have Tanzania. Tanzania have played a passive role in diplomatically. I uh, would recall that the, uh, Joseph uh, Lauren Kabila had a tacit uh, support of of uh, of of Tanzania, and uh, even the Kabila, the the son, have a tacit support of Tanzania. However, I would go an extra length to say that I don't know who advised the DRC's di diplomatic engagement, but I would say that the DRC should get more closer to SADC and get even more closer to South Africa in a way that uh, SADC has a clause uh, which says an attack to one is an attack to all SADC members. And if it's, uh, the DRC is facing a problem, with Rwanda, then it, uh, that clause should be evoked in as much as it was evoked in, in, in the 1998 uh, conflict when uh, uh, Angola, uh, Zambia, I mean uh, Angola, Angola uh, uh, Namibia, uh, Zimbabwe, uh, and to, to some extent in terms of logistical support, South Africa, South Africa got involved in the Congo war tried to defend the Congolese army under Lauren Kabila. And so this is mm -hmm. where we need to get to. Nixon, I want to wrap it up here because while all of these negotiations are taking place and, you know, there's all attempts to try and prevent diplomatic fallouts from deepening uh, beyond what they already have been. Um, in communities in, in, in Congo, you have thousands of people that are being displaced on a day-to-day -day basis as a result of the presence of these rebels. Uh, indeed, the communities are being displaced, but uh, you you know that it is just for 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 because of uh, one particular ego uh, within the region, the the the, uh, the the quest for hegemony, uh, power hegemony in the region, namely by Rwanda, and and that uh, I think it's a problem. But I cannot say that the DRC does not have its own fair share. Uh, the DRC have weaknesses in terms of the army, uh, and uh, any uh, conventional. I have said before, have mm -hmm. three key issues. One is in the command and control. The second one is, as, is around strategic uh, uh, planning. The third one is around uh, the issues of, of um, uh, the doctrine of the national army. I think, in my own view, the DRC is lacking on both because now the command and control uh, of the DRC army is almost, uh, almost to a certain extent very weak or non-existent because mm -hmm. you have this uh, 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 military that is issued from different factions of the rebel groups that came together to form the national army. Hence, you have Rwanda assisting 
on M23 and subsequent rebellion be integrated in the national army because it is well aware that by integrating those elements with their rank, they are going to be uh, always mm -hmm. uh, subservient to Kigali and therefore providing the necessary information to Kigali and even weaken the DRC defense line uh, in this case. And uh, yeah. it, along that, is the population that get in a cross uh, in a crossfire, uh, as you said, uh, unfortunately without necessary assistance from the international community and even uh, to the media. In fact, we kind of turned a blind eye on what is happening in the DRC. For instance, those who were killed in the places that I mentioned earlier in Ruchuru uh, territory in the North Kivu province, mm. uh, and no one is talking about the killings that are happening uh, by the ADF, so-called in in regions like Beni and the Kodeko in, in the Ituri province. I want to read this message quickly from Jean-Marie, who says, Hi, Kathy. Uh, Kagame has triggered the Rwandan genocide. He has killed more than 7 million Congolese. He's attacking Congo. Why is he still in power and bullies African presidents? Would you put that figure as high as 7 million? No, it's more than that. I I I am personally uh, mm. <laughs> aware of what is happening. I I mean, I left the country. Uh, I first 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 the rough of the country when I was barely ten years old. Today I'm a thirty-eight year old young man, and I, I know for the fact what has happened in that country and in the East African region. Mm. So what he's saying there is even underestimation of the numbers because we're not only talking about those who die as a as a direct result of confrontation we're talking about also those who die as an aftermath effect of the war and the figures can go up to 15 million in my view all right nixon katembu he is our african affairs analyst and language specialist at channel at channel africa's kiswahili desk nixon always a pleasure being in conversation with you Thanks for having me.